Hi Rachel, this is Nadia from zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. We guide cancer patients by adopting an integrative oncological treatment approach. We help them find the balance between a medical treatment and a complementary treatment approaches. We help patients with our team of oncologists, lab experts, nutritionists, and other healthcare professionals so that the overall outcome of the treatment for the patient is at its best. Now, as part of doing our awareness programs in such ways, we also connect patients with caregivers, with survivors, and cancer warriors like yourself here today. And I am so proud to have you here. I'm so delighted to have you here. I can't wait to hear what you have to say, dear Rachel. Please go ahead and tell us your story. I mean, I, the world can't wait to hear you. Go ahead. Hi, Nadia. Lovely to meet you. I'm Rachel Pereira. I just turned 24 on Monday. And wow, happy uh, yeah, I'm a Delated. cancer survivor. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, I, yeah, I am celebrating two years cancer-free as an ovarian cancer fighter. Um, I just turned 21. And uh, I started falling, like my health started deteriorating a little bit. So normal issues, just gas, something here, something there. And we obviously thought it was normal due to the lifestyle and, you know, the food we eat, the work hours and everything. Um, until it really just kept deteriorating and, you know, it would be fine and bad. And we rushed, um, you know, rushed to the hospital and... I think only to find out that I had a tumor that needed to be operated on an urgent basis. So till then I was fine. I was like, okay, cool, they're cool. But uh, one month after that, you know, uh, when the, the tumor marker results came back, I was told that you have cancer. And I was like, what? Like, what is happening? Look, no, I don't have anything. And I just kept telling myself, no, I don't have anything. And, you know, my reports are going to come fine. but. Um, I mean, there I was, a 21-year-old sitting in front of the doctor and you know, trying to sink it in that this is happening right now. So, yeah, and today here we are. So, it's been a pretty mixed up, it's been a pretty good journey. I can't say it was completely bad. It was good, it was bad, it had its lows, it had its highs. But I'm just glad that I'm better and I'm here today doing fine. Yeah. So are we. So are we. We're just glad to have you have you here talking to us about your journey. And could you tell us more about your treatment process and how the caregivers of the hospital took care? Yeah. So um, it started with um, you know, detecting that there was a tumor. So um. I was admitted at Zen Hospital, um, sort of on an urgent basis. We had to rush there at, uh, you know, 9.30 p.m. And uh, there was no bed. It's, it's an eight-floor hospital, but it was just full. So, you know, we somehow managed to get into, like, the emergency ward and, you know, got me admitted there for the night. Um, the fever was just constantly rising, and there was severe pain in my abdomen. So I couldn't sit or stand. And... You know, two days prior to that, I just kept throwing up anything I ate. So that's when we knew that, you know, we have to rush to the hospital and, you know, something is not right. 
but uh, we were still looking at it from you know the side of gastro and something around you know hypoacidity but um, not definitely not you know something so big but um, next morning immediately when they rushed me for a sonography and you know the ct scan several blood tests and x-ray and i mean all the possible tests you name it so uh, yeah when the reports came they told us that i had a tumor and it was twisted around the abdomen you know which is why the pain and the doctor actually said i got lucky that that happened else it would just keep growing and you know in certain cases you don't even know that something's growing inside until it gets really bad so uh, yeah i mean luckily we came to know in time so you know we went ahead with everything just in time um i had a surgery on 15th of march 2018 as i recall it was probably five and a half hours long and uh, we had to get the tumor removed of course and in the entire process i was even told that i may have to let go of you know either one or both my ovaries and of course you know the doctors knew that i was young and you know i was just 21 so they had to talk me through the entire process you know saying that uh, you know in case you know in case it's bad or in case the tumor has you know spread everywhere then you have to let go of the ovaries and you know you have to sign that you're okay with it if we have to go ahead with it but i mean my mom was there my boyfriend was there my dad was there my cousins were there we were just like take out whatever you want like i have to be fine you want one ovary you want the ovaries you want the uterus please you can have it but you know i it shouldn't be like you know in order to save uh, you know something we you know let like the germ cells remain inside we didn't want that so we were like you can just go ahead with whatever you think is right as you know a doctor um this was the hospital was of course um suggested by our family doctor so you know i was uh, i knew i was in good hands i felt safe the doctors were really amazing uh the utility staff was the best so you know uh, the, the smouchy that would come smiling into my room and just before my surgery she would keep telling me like you know nothing gonna happen in marathi she would keep telling me that you know you 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 don't worry it's going to be fine you know uh, this is a good hospital and everything or you know she would just say i have a sister your age it's sad that you know you have to go through this but don't worry everyone is there to take care of you the doctors are good and you know after the you know after the surgery there's so much of staff to help you with whatever you need and i just felt like you know that was the hospital and that was the right choice and i felt all the more comfortable and safe to be there that was uh, the process for my surgery at least so post my surgery i had about 27 stitches and um, i don't know like some sort of these pipes in the throat so you know all your um, your excess of medication and your bad blood sort of like flows out and it was torture it was ultimate uh, you know torture because at that point i couldn't speak because there's like a pipe in the throat and uh, I mean I just wanted to get rid of it I wasn't bothered that my stitches were hurting so much or you know that I couldn't get up and walk but the pipe in the throat was like the most horrible thing 
I'm a talkative person, right? And I just couldn't speak for three days. I just had that thing and, I, you know, all I could just do is like nod or, you know, try to speak a little, but of course the pipe would, um, you know, hurt me or whatever. So doctor told me that you want it removed, you know, you drink water and walk yourself to the washroom. And I'm like, my stitches are hurting me. Like, I can't get up. You want the pipe removed within two days, Rachel, you walk to the washroom. I want the utility staff to tell me that you went and peed on your own and, you know, you could do it on your own without any help. That's when I know that I can take it off. The first time I tried, I couldn't. The second time, um, one of my very close family friends, uh, they were there. Uh, uncle tried to, you know, help me get up, but it just kept paining me so much that I would, you know, lie flat back on the bed and say, I can't do it. But I knew I wanted those bags and pipes to go out. I just didn't want them. I mean, it was like additional torture to the already existing pain. So the third morning, somehow, you know, I tried to get up. It was paining real bad. But, you know, I was like, I mean, I can't depend on somebody for days together to, you know, uh, take me uh, to, you know, even walk or get down on the bed. So at least let me try a little bit. So with a little support, of course, I managed to get up. I took myself to the washroom and back. And the first thing I did was rang the bell to inform the doctor that it's time to get rid of those pipes. Like, just take them out, you know. I did what you asked me to, and now I can't bear with, you know, this anymore. So, yeah, I had that gone. And, I mean, then I felt a little better. Of course, there was pain. I was, you know just healing from the surgery, from the stitches, from everything. But that entire, like the pipes and, you know, all these things just going off was like a big relief. So I felt better on the road to recovery. I walked, like I, I walked today. So it was a good, uh, you know, good thing. It was a good sign that, okay, I'm, you know, things are slowly, slowly getting better. Of course, uh, then we didn't know about the cancer bit. It was just that there was a tumor and we had it removed. About seven days uh, after that, I mean, I was obviously asked to, you know, start walking on a regular basis in the past of the hospital and everything. And once doctors knew that, okay, now I'm, you know, healing, I was discharged and um, came back home days in the hospital. Yeah. So the longest 10 days, I guess, of my life. But uh, yeah, when we came home, I I knew, you know, I'm supposed to rest. I'm supposed to like it. I was planning my life like, you know, okay, three months off, you know, from work and, or, you know, just take a break and work. And, you know, after three or four months, I will start looking for stuff again. And, you know, it's going to be fine. But on the first or second of April, my report came. And we get a call saying, you have to meet an oncologist. I didn't know what an oncologist was actually back then. I knew it had something to do with, you know, um, cancer, but I wasn't completely sure about it. So I Googled it, of course, and I got real scared to, you know, know that it has something to do with, you know, a germ cell specialist or, you know, a cancer specialist. And I couldn't sleep the whole night. I was just, I couldn't roll around because of the stitches, you know, I had to always be flat straight, but I'm just awake. My mind is awake. My eyes are just open. I'm staring at the ceiling and I know next morning is the oncologist appointment. But 
I kept telling myself, you know, he's just going to tell me everything is fine and you go back to your three months bed rest and you will be fine. But um, of course, when we had the, um, you know, when I had my appointment, he said, uh, you know, so and so levels of uh, about 50,000 plus levels of um, germ cells. And he said, there's no way we can leave that inside. You know, he started saying some medical terms and tried to make me comfortable and said, chemotherapy and that's where I was shocked I was taken back I said okay this is happening and although he had asked me to in fact come prepared with questions so I remember noting down 17 to 18 questions you know already to ask him about chemotherapy but at that point my paper was just in my hand and I just blanked out I just couldn't take more inside I guess I remember running out from there this is a chamber I run out from my hospital and there is this Nariel Pani Wala stall I couldn't walk much because of the stitches and they were still in the healing process but I managed to take myself still there somehow I just wanted to be away from the hospital space this guy sees me crying and offers me a stool and he's like beta Nariel Pani and I'm just like and you know he goes like I have had a surgical belt to um, hold uh, the stitches this like everything together kind of thing so obviously it was evident that I you know just came out from the hospital I had to wear a mask to um, you know just to safety reasons so I he just what happened like did you come out from there I, I couldn't even talk my dad and mom had to run behind me outside the hospital and find me over there and I just burst into tears because I couldn't take it anymore. I felt like, you know, I had been through a lot in general and I kept smiling throughout, like be it my surgery, be it post my surgery. I'm like there was no single moment where I had a sad face or, you know, where I looked like, oh she's sick or, you know, oh she just had a surgery. She doesn't look like it. So I was that and then suddenly this this was very difficult to take in and I mean of course we know what kind of a disease cancer is even though it can be healed at that moment you just you're so uncertain about everything at that point that I was like shit this is happening and I mean we went back you know we had we completed our appointment we completed the consultation and he said don't worry you know he was like I can at least tell you this, that you're, you know, still in the better stages, you know, you're not in like, oh, you know, like a two or three, it was initial stages. So he said, uh, you know, about five chemotherapy sessions, max six, and you're going to be fine. He's like, I guarantee you're going to be fine, but you have to cooperate, you know, you have to go through the process. He said, it's not going to be easy. You're going to be sick. You're going to not, there'll be days you won't feel like eating, but you know, you have to eat. You can't say, I don't want to eat. And because he just kept explaining that the more I cooperate with the treatments, the better I'm going to get. I went back home. Um, I remember calling up Jen when he was not here. And he was, he was in Doha and telling him that, you know, this happened. And the video call felt like it just froze, but it was actually just us with two blank faces, not having anything to talk. But then, you know, his next sentence was that, you know, Rach, don't worry, you're going to be fine. And he said, don't look at the bad side of it. He's like, it's shocking, of course. But he said, you know, look at the brighter side. The doctor said that after six sessions, you're going to be fine. So it's just going to be like, 
you know, as good as you never had anything. Don't worry, you know. Um, he's he was supposed to be coming down, so he's like, don't worry, I'm going to be there, you know, soon, and we'll figure it out. Just focus on yourself. Go back home, you know, take rest or whatever. So me and my family reached home, and the day was obviously it felt like it's just not passing. It was bad. I cried a lot. I cried myself to sleep also because I didn't want to show my parents that I'm actually breaking inside and I'm crying because my mom's very sensitive as a person. But I think that was it. So one day, cried it out. Next day, I was like, I have to get out of this. Like, you know, what's the process? How are we going about this? Where are we going? Which hospital are we going to? And, you know, what is this chemotherapy? Like, let me just Google it. Lucky for me, my best friend's a doctor and she lives like, just one floor away so i i we called her up you know and we told her this is what the doctor has told me and you know this is uh, we're going to be going soon to find out about the process she said the minute you find out about the process you tell me and i'm going to tell you what to eat what not to eat you know what is going to go well with the medication what won't go well what will react and she's like going to draw you a chart and you are going to follow it so i mean Glad to have a you know a doctor, a best friend in my life in the first place. So yeah, then when we had our appointments in place, the chemotherapy began. I had my chart prepared by my best friend. I had you know I had another chart prepared by her, which said patients can give you these side effects, and you know the minute you have any of these things, you have to bring it to your doctor's notice. You tell your oncologist that you know. My head is paining, or my ear is this, or I'm nauseous, and I had everything in place, so I felt a little more prepared. Day one of my chemotherapy, no sleep. I'm just like not slept a minute. I have rolled around whole night, and I'm a very light sleeper. So if I even see like the light or someone putting a switch on, I wake up and I just rolled around like that. I went to the hospital. They started my process. The nurses seemed very nice. They, it was almost like they were welcoming me. Like, you know, come, come, don't worry. Everything will be fine. What's your name? How old are you? Come on, let's check your weight. And I mean, it felt fine. I felt like, okay, these are smiley nurses. And they're, you know, making me feel so warm and welcome. Uh, okay, I'm in good hands again. So let's just go through this process. and. Uh, I remember asking for a bed at the window side because um, has the trees, the flowers, the plantations. I just wanted the window side view. I said, I'm ready to wait for you know that bed to get empty, but I want that bed. <laughs> I want to be there because something about it just made me feel good. So yeah, I had that bed. And day one of my chemotherapy um, lasted about, seven or eight hours and every time a nurse or a doctor came to check you know they said close your eyes and rest I did not close my eyes for a minute but you know by the end of the day I realized that it's at the end of it you know let me just look at it like a saline bottle and the medication going through and it suddenly felt less scary than what it was because if I would keep thinking that these are my chemo drugs and it's going into my blood and, you know, I'm getting this injection and I'm getting that, I would just not, I think I would just find it all the most scary and it's already scary enough. We, you know, we need not make it scarier. So I started looking at it like 
you know, just another medicine, just another saline, you know, just cold and cough, you know, we just come to the hospital and this is the saline and we are going to go back. So I followed a pattern of five days of chemotherapy um, once a week. I mean, one week, five days, back to back, every day on and off to the hospital. Uh, then I would get a 20-day break in the middle. But in the 20-day break, I had to go and take certain injections. So the injections back-to-back the consecutive days. And the gap would be like a, you know, like a recuperating um, period. Like get some rest, get a little better, then you start the same five-day cycle again. Um, after my first cycle, there wasn't much of a difference in the germ cells but after the second one the number fell down drastically i remember 50000 germ cells and then hardly like i think 18 or 11000 germ cells and i was like wow you know, i'm like almost more than halfway there because 11000 and where is 50 it just felt like you know almost felt like 70% was already achieved but uh, of course, after two chemos, you know, I started feeling, after the first one for my hair started. But I didn't have much other side effects apart from the hair. So I was good. You know, I was still healthy. Um, I got my hair shaved because I didn't want to go through the torture of, you know, coming out, coming out and just went bald. And I look cute, so it was okay. <laughs> for me but after the second one is where I started feeling like insomnia where I would just sleep only for four or five hours and you know get up um so everything had started then like the reality had started you know getting more real rather so of course I followed the chart you know I still ate I still had the dirty you know veggies that I didn't want and probably some veggies that I hated the most I still had like all the fruits and, you know, um, dragon fruits and some things that keep up like uh, in beetroot juice, every possible thing, name it. And my parents made it for me. Um, I didn't feel like it, but, you know, I used to think that like, let me at least have two pieces. It's good for me. So, of course, there were days where I didn't eat at all and, you know, just slept off because you just couldn't put something down or the smell of food itself would make me sick. Then I had my fourth session. Um, after my fourth session, I think um, I could, like the body couldn't produce any blood cells. So the hemoglobin was really low and, you know, everything of that sort. But uh, again, you know, the doctor said, don't worry, you know, we'll... Uh, just enroll yourself and, you know, we'll do like a blood transfusion. You're going to be fine. The blood transfusion was obviously super scary again. It was it was like, what is happening, you know? I, I thought I'm going to get better. And everybody said, it's okay. It's part and parcel. It, you know, it happens. It's the chemotherapy that affects your cells. And, you know, don't worry. Um, blood transfusion and we'll monitor you for two weeks. And I think you should be fine. Um, let us know if you do anything in the process. You have to rush to the hospital. I would keep checking myself every day. Is it fever? Is my body just warm? I get fever after, you know, the blood transfusion or am I feeling, am I overthinking or whatever? But luckily, I mean, even that went well. 
um, four chemotherapy sessions, one blood transfusion later. Um, we did all the you know tests again, a tumor markers, everything, name it, and we did all the tests again. And doctor said that you'd Yeah, Rachel, you were saying? So um, after the blood transfusion and four chemotherapies later, when uh, you know the doctor said, you don't need another chemotherapy, I was a bit confused because I said, don't need. So is he trying to tell me that, you know, my body hasn't recovered fully and, you know, I, I, I need to go on a rest period of 21 days and then, um, you know, we start chemotherapy. So I asked him once again, I said, um, sorry, doctor, but... Uh, don't need another chemotherapy. I have six cycles, right? So he says, yeah, but uh, your tumors are in normal, you know, in normal levels. You don't have cancer anymore. Why do you need a chemotherapy? I was like, oh, what, what? Like, wait, what? So he said, you are cancer-free. You are free to go back. And that's when it registered because, I mean, of course, the, you know, the other way around, uh, I was wondering what's he telling me. But uh, when he said that, I had this big, broad smile and I was just like, what? Like, what? I don't have to come again. Are you telling me? So, of course, I mean, you know, then we got into the details of it that, you know, how this is going to work, how you have to be on a monthly follow-up for a few months, then a quarterly follow-up, a six-monthly follow-up, the do's and don'ts and, you know, um, you know, not jumping back into, uh, you know, the normal life wherein you just like, stop taking care of yourself and, you know, go like all in again to, you know, your bad eating habits or, you know, your junk food habits. But at that point, I mean, I was half listening. I was half there. I was halfly, like half-heartedly listening and making pointers, but I was like full-heartedly concentrating on like, yeah, I don't have cancer. And I was like dancing in my head and I was just happy at that point. My mom was downstairs. Um, they allow only one um you know, person with the patient and that was always dad because uh, no matter what, you know, the difficult thing we had to know, he could take it while mom probably wouldn't. So it was always dad, but I just wished she was there. So I, I ran down. I did not even take the lift. I could, I started walking better by then. I didn't need the support. The stitches had healed. They had taken them out. So they had dried up. I just rushed down the step and wait for the lift to come and then enter it and go down. And I'm crying, I'm laughing, I'm smiling. So she thought something happened, you know, she thought something is wrong because blood transfusion and she she was already nervous. So I told her, Mama, doctor said that I didn't have to come again. So even I told her in a confusing way. And she's like, what happened? What happened? Everything is okay. Like, you know, what happened? Is her blood fine? But who finished the transfusion? And then I give her this big, broad smile. And I didn't have to say it. She just started crying. And the first thing, you know, she was like, she does this sign of the cross. And she's like saying, thank you. And, you know, we just hugged each other. We were sitting down in the lobby. And I didn't have, you know, the patience to wait. You know, I just started calling up my close ones and telling them that, hey, listen, I just came out from the hospital, you know, doctor said that, you know, I'm cancer free. And I called up then when on a video call, I called up my closest cousins. I just like, just couldn't wait to, you know, wait and, you know, type a message or something. And the excitement level and the happiness level was so much at that point. So yeah, I mean, we did that and uh, okay, we did something uh, 
very like on the spot. That is, we had a set of clothes. So for the hospital, you know, we would always carry um, at least three sets of clothes, you know, in case we have to stay for three days, uh, you know, on an emergency basis. So, you know, a spare shorts and a t-shirt or uh, a night, like a night clothes and just a day dress in case of an emergency, you know, if we have to take a room and stay. But we took those three sets of clothes and drove to Goa. So that's my native place. I hadn't been anywhere for that whole period. It was just home and hospital for five months. And I, it's raining. It's rainy season. It's July 12th. And I'm just like, yeah, let's go. You know, let's go. And my dad is like, would you be able to sit in the car for so long? Can you sit for so long? And we are like, we'll see. You know, we'll figure it out on the way. <laughs> let's go. So. There we were driving to Goa, all happy and excited on the way. You know, while dad was driving, I was me and mom were making calls and telling our close friends and relatives and family members and, you know, everyone that, okay, things are better. And, you know, doctor told her that she doesn't have cancer and blah, blah, blah. So, Right, Rachel. So I think that was such a beautiful narration. And throughout, you had your family with you to hold your hand at every step, which is beautiful. And uh, most importantly, I would say you were able to detect the symptoms of some kind and know that there's something going wrong with you from the start. Uh, how important is early detection and self-examination? -exam Could you enlighten us on that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, you know, um, when I told you that doctor said that, you know, you are lucky, it's the initial stages. And, uh, you know, you have come here just in time. So, you know, by just in time, at that point, they meant that, you know, the tumor had twisted around the ovary, at least in my case. And, you know, maybe even two or three days of delay could be like, it could burst and maybe the germ cells would have just been all over the body instead of just being in the ovary. So uh, in my case, of course, you know, that's when I realized that, you know, I, how lucky I was. It's just like, uh, you know, like an, you just like come so close to something so bad and you just get like an escape slide out of it. So and not just for me, you know, not just um, in this case, but in every case, you know, be it cancer or be it any other, you know, disease, like currently even with COVID going on outside. Early detection makes such a big difference because, you know, you can start your treatments, you know, on time before, you know, things spread too so, too much or, you know, you're, before you're like in, you know, the later stages where, you know, even if probably, uh, you know, you come to know, even if in the later stages, actually, but as long as you know that, you know, these are the symptoms and, you know, this is what I'm going through. Because if you don't know your symptoms, you know, you're not going to know that something's wrong with you. Like in case of ovarian cancer, oftentimes the only symptom is bloating, gas, um, loosies. These are so common symptoms. We're often going to confuse them with a stomach flu. You know, in my case, um, so I think December end and uh, Jan start, sorry, uh, Jan end and Feb start. Um, when I felt a little gassy and everything initially, it was happening for two, three days. So I neglected it as, um, of course, as, uh, you know, hypoacidity or something of that sort because of, um, I used to travel a lot due to work and, you know, eat out a lot. So I thought, okay, fine, you know, 
um, the food is not agreeing. So I switched. I started taking my home cooked meals almost everywhere, wherever possible. Even if I was on a trip, you know, I would stay like for something that's less, you know, restaurant type and more, uh, you know, normalish to, you know, try and eat. And uh, when I came back, I had bloated. I had put on weight. I was always skinny all my life, but I had suddenly put on like a good, you know, seven, eight kgs. But, uh, you know, neighbors and me and we would like close people, you know, who see you on a daily basis would again think that lifestyle changes. Now, weight he put on kia hai. Like, what else? What's the big deal that way? So there was that. There was a lot of bloating. Like, a lot means a lot. Like, very gassy and very, like, a lot of bloating, hypoacidity, not able to digest the food. Everything just keeps coming up, you know. Um, I started throwing up and I started like, um, you know, when I started getting loose, also, we just often kept thinking that it's a flu, like max to max, it's like a really bad stomach infection. But, um, you know, if you Google for the symptoms of ovarian cancer or you ask a doctor, these are the symptoms. And if, you know, you face something like this for too many days, um, I'd say that, you know, just to be sure there's no harm in, you know, going for a, you know, check. And if people know, people are aware about the symptoms, only that's when they're going to take themselves to a check because otherwise no one is. Uh, some people, of course, have like, you know, symptoms show up also in signs of skipping your periods, maybe not getting it um uh, you know, not getting like a very regular cycle, but none of that happened to me. So, I mean, apart from this feeling whole um, gassy thing, that was literally, you know, no other symptom. Right. Yeah. Right, it's, right. It's very important because knowing your symptoms will lead to an early detection and then early detection will lead to early cure. So you have to just know everything first. Yeah. And uh, how is, how do I say this? Uh, you've changed your lifestyle so much. How have you changed it from what it used to be after being cancer free? So I think changed almost everything, you know, uh, right from, so who doesn't love junk food? Everybody does, but you know, um, I still do consume it, but you know, once in a while, like very rare occasions. Um, during the entire chemotherapy, I was told the importance of eating freshly cooked food, you know, two hours before. And if the food is not fresh, the importance of actually heating it on the gas stove. If there's any bacteria or germs, you know, you're like heating your food. Water again, you know, boiling the water and drinking it. You may have an aqua guard, but, you know, the importance of even boiling your water and, you know, Knowing that again, you know, you're taking that one extra step further to know what you're consuming is healthy. Be it, you know, freshly cooked food, be it cutting down on, um, you know, junk food. Um, sleeping in time is one more thing. So, you know, of course, there are days I'm up till, you know, late if it's a party or if it's something. But on almost a regular basis, I try to balance the life in such a way that I know I get the good seven, you know, at least a good seven hours of sleep because a lack of sleep will also lead to, you don't know what in the long run. And uh, I'm, of course, on, you know, the five-year remission right now. Two years are done. Um, my quarterly, so my monthly checkups first turned into quarterly, but uh, I just went in September and um, 
quarterly checkup is now a six monthly checkup so i know the importance of every six months you know knowing that i have done enough to know that when i go there after six months that doctor tells me that you know you're fine you have nothing to worry exactly so be that or be it you know a monthly yeah yeah you were saying be it that or be so, it monthly yeah be it, you know like monthly uh, doing a routine checkup yourself like if it's a cbc or you know um a tumor marker or something probably nobody has to tell me now that you know checkup hua kya so i am going to probably just remember that every month i should do a you know month or alternate months i should do a routine check you know not necessarily wait for the hospital to tell me you know hello it's you you know six months you have to come why should i wait when you know i can take myself to a local um, you know like a uh, like a diagnostic center and just have a whole body checkup so the importance of that you know it's it's very important after a certain age you know growing up to just start your you know routine body checkups and you know all part of adulting every day a little bit at least yeah yeah all part of adulting rather yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what takes us forward <laughs> yes that is what takes us forward yeah. as we all are growing all together it's one thing we all do together it's no one stopping <laughs> us there um yeah so as yeah. Rachel Pereira out there cancer survivor cancer warrior i would say what is your message out there lessons learned words of wisdom passed on to everybody watching this video passed on to caregivers survivors uh, other people involved in cancer what is Rachel got to say to everybody so the very first thing that i always you know that always comes to my mind is be grateful for everything everything like i'm here today i'm breathing i am grateful i woke up in the morning you know i woke up some people don't wake up till the night i'm grateful or you know uh, i have food to eat i have shelter i have like you know everything like during covid today's times i'm inside a safe shell i'm grateful so you know it's always like to be grateful for even the tiniest things in life and you know to even you know appreciate every small moment that we live because you don't know what tomorrow has in store for you and uh, that is of course the first very first thing and uh, you know secondly i keep thinking like with cancer and everything you know it life gets difficult you think that you know oh shit like what next but you know push yourself a little forward and you know know that you got it because a positive mindset makes a very big difference and you know i've always heard this saying be positive be positive all my life but maybe at 21 is where i really realized what it was to be positive in such a difficult time you know to be smiling all the time even if i couldn't i would try to you know if not smile at least not cry rather put it like that or cry but you know then know that things will get better because all these little, little positive thoughts like you know like i got this i can do this you know this is difficult but doctor said that after six uh, cycles it will be better so you know focus on that bit and counting ones holding on to these little 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 positive things is what made such a big difference to me in my journey being you know a little bit easier than it would have been otherwise so being positive is 
the next very important you know thing taking care of yourself you know self care indulge in it you don't have to wait to fall sick or you know then to have that awakening that i have to take care of myself anything you know a 10 minute walk um drinking enough of water every day eating good food getting good sleep like like i mentioned you know monthly checkups you don't wait to fall sick just you know that you're a grown up just go get yourself checked every you know every 6 months or something so you know these things like these all things form a very important part of our self care and our self love and we should do it we shouldn't wait for someone to tell us that are you know go do this so uh, you know we should make like self care and mental health and general health a priority for ourselves and you know to the doctors and caretakers i feel like they're doing such a wonderful job it's it's amazing how you know well i felt i was treated and i didn't mention this but uh, one of the utp staff members one day just so i had long hair and uh, after the surgery it was just like tied up with you know the the thing they give you for your hair uh, kind of a shower cap but like a scrub she just felt like opening my hair and braiding it for me she let me sit out at a window watch the birds and she braided my hair and she showed me on a mirror that you know look you're looking so pretty and this is something extra you know she didn't have to do that that was that's not like a part of her job but you know the extra things that they do for us the doctors nurses our utility staff or anything these little things make such a big difference in you know making your healing journey all the more better because it's like a it's like a add on it's like you know it's like a add on it's like you you get this and you know you get this and it makes you feel so much more better about yourself so or it makes you feel so much more in even like such a negative situation so i feel like they're doing such a wonderful job and i'm really grateful to you know be blessed with the best of doctors nurses utility staff be it family close friends who came you know who supported us and most important thing again you know i feel is being there for people so yeah rachel you were saying so uh, you know as i was saying don't wait for something to happen you know to take care of yourself just take care of yourself i mean it's like uh, be there for yourself believe in yourself do things to pamper yourself you know you don't have to wait for uh, you know a cancer to come knocking at your door to tell you that you know you have to sleep well you have to eat well you have to exercise you have to take care you know you you have to like keep your mental physical general health you know at its best so just do it anyway don't wait for you know like we don't have to wait for a traumatic incident or, or a disease or a sickness to come to us and you know then say that ah from now i'm going to start you know taking care of myself or for that matter even you know um, regular you know routine checks just indulge in it you know you've grown up and you know with you know today's changing environment when you know that there are so many possibilities of things happening as a precaution you know there's always no harm in doing like a six monthly or an annual you know an entire body profile check done because 
the earlier you know you know like i always say um, knowing your symptoms and you know taking precautions itself is like the first two key steps to cure so once you know you know you can take action on it really quickly so i feel like we should just indulge in these things a little more you know than we actually do and most importantly you know i think believing in yourself makes a very big difference like if everybody would tell me that i'm going to get fine but you know if i would just give up complete hope and just sit like you know abhi pata nahi kya hone wala hai i know my journey would have been a lot more difficult than it was i would have still healed maybe but the experience those five months or six months of you know uh, have like falling sick and then the whole process of recovering would have been maybe a lot more difficult if you know i had just given up completely but you know when i believed in myself i trusted my doctors i trusted the process i was like it's going to get better and i'm not going to say that it's a cake walk because it's not you know i i always uh, look very smiley and happy so people often mistake it like uh, yeah like kuch nahi hai it's not kuch nahi it there's like so much going on probably behind that smile and behind that you know when i was all happy and everything during the whole process there was so much going on but i think i tried my best to let it affect me maybe much little than it would actually have and i feel like you know being positive being surrounded with that bubble of positivity being surrounded with that bubble of you know i believe i can do it and you know trusting in that whole process and trusting in my doctors and trusting you know in in god also that i am going to come out of this you know uh, it made a big difference to my journey being a tad bit easier than it would have been otherwise that is so rightly said so rightly put out there teacher um thank you so much for being with us thank you so much for taking the time out to do this and it's been such a pleasure talking to you i myself am feeling so happy after listening to you listening to i'm pretty sure it must have been like you said not a cake walk at all but today you are sitting here telling me your truth and it's just amazing to be a part of it i'm just amazed that i am a part of it to put it out there to the world thank you so much for talking to zenonco.io on behalf of everyone here at zenonco.io i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart thanks a lot rachel thank you take care keep thanks. inspiring us thank you so much for reaching for out <laughs> <laughs> keep inspiring us we try to reach out <laughs> as many as we can thank you so much for reaching out to us as well <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Rachel have a great day ahead <laughs> It it's actually nice to have a platform to you know um speak to people because you don't know who needs to hear this sometimes yes yes you know people are fighting so many battles and maybe someone out there just needs to know that you know you got this like you're going to you know whatever you're going through absolutely you know, some time from now you're not going to be going through that you're going to be better yeah Absolutely absolutely and that is the message we're trying to put forth as well thank you so much Rachel have a great day ahead cheers <laughs>